Hey, I just want to pop in really quickly before the episode begins and let you know this is a kind of a rebroadcast of a live stream that I recorded with Alex Cooper. We recorded it, I think like a week or two after Google released information. I think they had one of those uh, like all hands kind of meetings, maybe not an all hands, but uh, basically it was like a press situation where they were telling us, here's new stuff that's coming on the way. There's a name for those things. I, I can't remember what it is. But basically, they showed us that the Google search, the search engine result page, the SERP, is going to have some AI integrated into it. At the time that we did this, I don't think they had released anything, but I am part of one of the you know many, many people that get access to like whenever they roll stuff out, I think you just have to you know, use Chrome and say, hey, put me on the wait list. But anyway, for my search, now I have um, the option to have the AI integration in there. I've used it just a little bit and it does summarize some information. The problem is I know because I've used AI in various forms for the past few months here, the information is not always accurate. It's a summary of everything else on the internet, right? So there could be some bullshit. Anyway, the point is, Alex and I recorded this a few weeks ago, and we had a conversation about what we think might happen. We give disclaimers all throughout that we're just speculating and such. So we talk about that. We mostly have a conversation, and then we start integrating some of the questions from the live chat. And I do these live streams every Tuesday, noon mountain time, unless I need to reschedule it for some reason. So if you want to check those out and participate in the chat or, you know, watch it, if the time zone doesn't line up for you, like watch the replay, you could go to YouTube, search for Doug Cunnington, and you'll find my channel there. So thanks to Alex over at WP Eagle. Check out his YouTube channel, does a lot of cool stuff. And I think that's it for today. So enjoy the show and I'll catch you on the other side. Hey, what's going on out there? It's Doug Cunnington here, and I have my good friend Alex Cooper from WP Eagle. And today, um, you know, it's sad to say I I went with a clickbait headline, and this is, uh, you know, in the thumbnail, it says, is affiliate marketing dead? And we're going to talk about the recent developments over on the Google side, especially with AI search. So on May 10th, They uh, released more information, and it looks like this stuff is coming a little bit sooner than I expected anyway, but we'll see how it goes. So, Alex, it's been a little while since we caught up. How's it going with you, man? It's good. All good. uh, Hang on, let me get my sound right. There we go. Yeah, I'm all good. Good to be on again. It's been a while. Yeah, and, you know, cool thing, and and some people, you know, they know us from our our channels, most likely, but uh, rewinding, we actually... We met each other in San Diego last fall at the Ezoic event, which was super cool. And it was a pleasure yeah. to meet you in person. You're taller than I thought. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to tell how cool someone is when they're sitting down on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool to hang out. And there's there's no way to sort of replace the in-person um, you know, conversations and just hanging out, walking around from place to place. 
And it's kind of cool because at the time that we're recording this, um, affiliate gathering is coming up. So what what are you doing this time? Are you looking forward to it? Um, do yeah, I'm a- looking forward to it. So yeah, affiliate gathering is on Friday. On Thursday, there is my fringe event in York in a brewery. So that's going to be fun. There is still a couple of tickets left if you're interested. You can find them at wpeagle.com slash fringe. And um, yeah, get yourself a ticket. Come down, hang out. There's a load of cool people going. Uh, and other familiar faces from Twitter and YouTube will be there. And then actually at the event, I'm not speaking, which is fine because um, Carl's tried to mix it up this time with some new um, speakers. So Ariel is going to be speaking, for example. It's going to be great. But I am going to be doing a workshop with Phil. Uh, we've got like half an hour, so we're going to be uh, just, you know, publishing some content really quick, showing how cool popcorn is at getting stuff published and making it look really nice. But generally, I'm just looking forward to hanging out, meeting up with some people, having a few drinks, talking shop, not talking shop. I don't know, just uh, just hanging out, as you say, in real life, which is always better than online. One thing I find too, you know, we talked about websites and all that stuff. But mostly we talked about other things. We didn't talk about business or what you normally no. might expect us to geek out about. It was about everything else. And I, I'm sure that'll happen as well. So yeah, I won't sure. be there this time around, um, but I'm sure everyone will have a blast. And I want to give a shout out to some of the the people in the chat here. So we got Jonathan, we have Sue out there. Um, it looks like a few people are going to be there. We have Leather Art, Fruit Bat Cat, Jeremy, Daniel, Marcus, Jill, Sue is on here. Um, Chris is on also in NFT Launcher is there also. And like I said, today we're going to be talking about um, perhaps the demise of SEO and affiliate marketing or I don't, we, we don't know. We're just going to speculate. Alex and I do not know. And... We, we didn't do any prep for this, but Alex, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. What, what do you think? Like, did you watch some of the, the video from May 10th that Google put out where they're, they are actually putting in like a lot more data into the search results? Yeah. I, well, I didn't watch the whole video, but I, I caught the gist of it. And I guess we knew it was inevitably going to happen, I think. So if you didn't see it, AI is going to basically take up what looks like the, the majority of the piece of the search results page that's above the fold, by the look of it. I don't know. So if you ask a question about, you know, what is the best uh, seafood restaurant in Estepona, it will give you an answer based on its AI learnings. I think it will include some links to where it got that information from, but no one's going to click on those, are they? Probably not. I mean, if they can get the answer, the one... The one thing that I'm very curious about is how accurate it's going to be. Of course, we've seen the accuracy improve by leaps and bounds and, you know, so much more than we thought even, I mean, six months ago, this was, we would be saying something completely different, but now seeing the improvement in some of the data and accuracy, I'm unsure. In the past, I would have said, you know, people will check it out. They'll get the information on, you know, the query that you asked, or maybe um, one of the examples that they had was like electric bike. So someone goes through, they buy an electric bike that's like three years old instead of a modern one. They would maybe Mm. get a little bit annoyed because the data is just inaccurate, but I'm not sure if they'll be able to true it up. What's your take on that part? I don't know. I mean, is it going to be able to bring in like the latest data, real-time stuff? 
or is it is it going to be old stuff that it's learned? I don't know. That's the question. And if they're basing that's, it, that's going to be really interesting for, for up to date stuff. You say, what's the best latest mountain bike? If it doesn't have that information, but then where is it also getting that opinion from? Because it's obviously just going to pick some opinions from existing content on the web. I don't know. I think it's going to. We'll see how it plays out, and I guess. Those first few experiences and how people get on and the results they get are probably going to dictate how much they use it. I mean, are we going to be able to switch it off and go back to the the classic Google? I don't know. And this is where we're just speculating, but I know over the last couple of years, I haven't been as happy with the Google results that I see. And you do have to right. hunt around and try to figure out, you know, which website actually reviewed the product and to your point alex are these ai answers going to be based on kind of bullshit answers from people that we were like regurgitating information yeah. anyway or if it's like ai which was further regurgitated and it's just completely inaccurate and i think that's where maybe websites still have a pretty good chance because when people get burned a couple times and they, they're unable to find the answer, or they follow just like the, the simple answer that Google gives, they end up in a spot where they, they don't trust it. They don't trust the answers from yeah. the summarized. So if you had an issue well, personally with that. I mean, yeah, I mean, if I was going to be buying a product of high value, then generally I'm probably going to look on YouTube. I want video content. I actually want to see someone with the product in their hand or sitting on the mountain bike or taking it out up a trail rather than just some text on a page that tells me this is good and then the pros and cons, which is kind of, I guess, the traditional affiliate model. I think nowadays people, especially for, for larger purchases, they do more research and really that's where video comes in. And I think for a while, video is still going to be pretty safe content. People do not want AI-generated video for sure. I definitely find myself watching a lot more YouTube videos for reviews versus blog content are you the same way too yeah for sure yeah and and when i'm gonna we're gonna go on a tangent here just looking at um you know this is a video call right so i can see you and alex um is the weather getting good you look very tan i look like a sickly um, yeah some sort of pale the weather is warm. i mean we're at what it's 23 degrees right now it got up to about 25 i don't know what that is in old money it's, it's warm it's pleasant it's just right you know yeah, yeah. No, I'm working. I'm working on my tan. Um, I tend to take the dog out early in the morning. I'm walking on the beach, and there's no not many people around, so I take my shirt off. It's fine. Get a good yeah. dose of sun, and the vitamin D I think does you a lot of good. Okay, and I think not, um, not enough to burn. Just you know, fifteen twenty minutes, just until I'm a bit bit hot, and then that's enough. Okay, and I was gonna say, um, do you do you have pretty fair skin? Will you get sunburned if you're out for too long i'm i am quite dark actually i'm quite dark but yeah i will burn if i stay out too long i still put plenty of sun cream on that's part of the daily ritual here you got to put some sunscreen on yeah sun cream sunscreen yeah yeah otherwise yep. you will burn and i'm very aware of my children as well my daughter especially has got fairer skin she's more like uh, a mother so yeah yeah plenty okay. of sunscreen all right yeah same here i'm covered with freckles i have um like an irish and uh british background the celtic celtic skin yeah yeah, yeah. But also Filipino, so it's kind of a weird mix where like I should be able oh, to yeah. get some sun, but I know and I actually burn pretty bad. And I got a bald head, so I always have to wear a hat. You have to wear a hat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so and yes, Marcus, Spain does have bad weather. 
generally in the winter though, that we we're already on a bit of a drought warning, so we could do with a little rain. Got it. Got uh, it. And when it rains here, it tends to rain for for days relentlessly. All right. So let's get back on track here. You you have a couple of sites, and I encourage people to check out mm-hmm. your channel. You build a lot of this stuff in public. People can actually go look at the sites that you're building. Do you see anything in the last, you know, say six months, uh, like changes as far as traffic or anything that you attribute to either AI content or changes in uh, the landscape? I don't know. It's hard to say. So I've got one site that's just died. Um, it's just kind of lost most of traffic. That's my darts website. And I'm, I don't know why. I'm feeling like it's a technical issue. The reason why it's dropped so badly, I haven't been up publishing any content to it for a while. So I don't know what's going with that one. My website, Best Corn Popper, which is about popcorn, that's just going sideways. Um, again, I haven't published too much more content to it. I'm in a, I'm currently in a process of rebranding that site. So I'm going to expand out. So the popcorn niche, I feel like, you know, we've got about 250, maybe 300 articles on popcorn. There's not a lot more we can say about popcorn. So we're going to go out across the snack niche. So I'm going to rebrand it to a snack uh, domain and we're going to start talking about potato chips, okay, crisps, um, pretzels, you know, that kind of thing and, and just expand it out sideways. I have had some link building uh, going on with that one. And over the last few days, it seemed to be growing again. So I don't know if that's down to the links. And then my third site, which is still quite young, which is canyouwash.it. Can you wash it? It's on an Italian domain. Um, that one, it was an experiment with AI content and quite short AI content. So just answering questions, uh, like, can you wash a dog with bleach kind of stuff? The answer is no, don't do that. Um, but yeah, answering them very quickly using AI. So we use Jasper, we use chat GPT and we used uh, Koala, put them all into the mix. That site is growing really well, but that site is probably the one that's most at risk from the new Google changes and AI uh, search results because that site does literally just answer questions in the same way that an AI bot can answer questions. So the other thing with it is that it gets a lot of impressions on Google, but not as many clicks as I'd expect. Again, I think because it answers the question within the, uh, not the snippet, but in the the preview, a couple of the meta description, we might call it. So can you wash a dog with bleach? You can see on Google, no, that's a really bad idea. So you don't actually have to click through unless you really want to learn a bit more about why that's a bad idea. Got it. So yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I'm about to monetize that site with Ezoic, so we'll see what happens then. But maybe maybe this could be a, a real hit, not only to affiliate marketeers, but also to display advertising companies like Ezoic, Mediavine, even Google AdSense. I don't know what's going to happen to them because if we're not visiting as many websites, I don't know, it becomes an... Ex- Kind of a scary time where, because I remember when on the internet you had to kind of navigate around link to, by link to find different websites before search engines. Maybe we had Outer Vista, but that wasn't very good. So you'd go to like these doorway pages and you'd just go around by links. But now we're going to end up at a point where you never have to leave Google's platform. I guess that's what they want. We'll get all the information that we ever want without ever leaving Google. And that kind of makes me a little sad. Right. Well, and the, the other thing is, Google's getting the information from our existing websites, right? Yeah. So there's there's probably some way, probably not too far along, where we'll be able to opt out and say, don't crawl my site. You don't have rights to the 
like you can't use the information on here. Like if Google's just taking our stuff and we're not getting any traffic, then we have no reason to allow them to crawl our site. No. Any, would you block, would you test that or what, wow. what's your take on that? That's an interesting question. I, I got a feeling that there's going to be some lawsuits. I don't know. I get the feeling that it's basically plagiarism, isn't it? It's basic. I mean, they, Google have been doing this for a while, to be fair. You know, with featured snippets and that kind of thing, everyone thought, well, getting the snippets is a great thing, but actually, is it? It's just Google basically taking your information and presenting it as their own, which is kind of this, this is like a, a snippet version two, isn't it? It's like a snippet that's amalg amalgamated from different sources. Right. And basically, they're just taking other people's information and, and serving it as their own, which surely is against copyright. I don't know. And, you know, there's some, we're not lawyers. This is all just entertainment. We don't, we don't this even know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, from that perspective, there's probably some scenario where if you, you know, if you copy one website, that's plagiarism, right? But if you copy like 50 websites and kind of mash it all together and then distill it down, then that's research, right? Like some, yeah. some people would say that if you're doing a research paper or you're writing a book. But in this case, it's AI. They're not introducing their own ideas. It's just um, taking other content. So yeah, maybe we end up opting out. Um, that's a scenario. And maybe maybe this kind of fragments the internet where people, you know, maybe start publishing on Facebook and Facebook is more of a, a platform or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's Pinterest and that's what people rely on getting traffic from. In fact, uh, Denise, one of my students who's, doing a case study with me. She gets um, a huge amount of traffic. I can't remember. I want to say it's like 30 to 50% of her traffic on a site from Pinterest. And, wow. you know, she still gets a lot of traffic from Google, but like Pinterest is a huge factor. So do you have any other traffic sources out there currently? No, Google is my main one. That's the thing. I mean, sure, yeah, I get some bits and bobs from YouTube, but that's generally only when I talk about my various sites, so that's not particularly relevant. Right. Yeah, you, uh, Google is still the main the main source of traffic. So yeah, it's probably time to diversify that. I guess. I don't yeah. Know. I guess email is is a good way. Building up an email list is a great way to keep control of your traffic. Maybe everyone's habits are just going to change, and we'll start using voice a bit more once this AI gets a lot better. I mean, Siri and the Alexa and all the rest of them—they were never that smart, really, were they? But now people may will start using voice a bit better if it's going to be a an AI reply to what, you know, for fact-based questions. Sure. I think we have to kind of break it down. For information, I think that could be the, the area that's most at risk. When you're just looking for an answer to a question, can dogs eat popcorn, you know? Should I sleep in the same bed as my baby? That kind of stuff. And if that is highly accurate from AI, then really we don't need to visit websites for that information anymore. For product stuff, I still think AI cannot deliver a good knowledgeable, reliable product review. Right. Because it's only going to be taking stuff from the web and kind of amalgamating it. And really, I want to just see a guy or a girl with the product for 10 minutes on a video, probably, if it's going to be a big purchase. I don't know. I think, yeah, yeah but I think information and then therefore ad revenue is probably at risk the most from this change. To piggyback on top of it, I think you're right especially with the example we gave before, where if you're trying to get the latest product information on any given product, there's a 
pretty good chance that the AI answer is going to be old information and you would need to go to a blog and you could actually see this was updated. There's new products on there, that sort of thing. Additionally, Google wants ad revenue, right? They want people to have ads, right? Or they want advertisers to be paying money. Yeah. And the thing is, they'll need to, if they just give the answer right there, it could be a little bit more difficult. Maybe it means a shift in the sort of ad revenue. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're taking a big risk about, they could cannibalize their own business, really. Because, yeah, we're saying they need ad revenue. And of course, all the ads on on all our websites, whether you be with Zoic, whether you be with Mediavine, whoever you're with, the underlying platform that's powering it is from Google. A big chunk of that cash that's being passed around between Ezoic and the publishers and the advertisers, a big chunk of that is, is going to Google. So you're right. If they stop sending people to these websites that are serving ads, which are actually served by Google, ultimately, that's a big risk to their business. And I'm not sure what their shareholders are going to say about that. So we're yeah. here live with uh, Alex Cooper from WP Eagle, and we're talking about the end of affiliate marketing. So Alex, do you think it's actually the end of affiliate marketing? Uh, no, of course not. It's been the end of affiliate marketing for years and the end of SEO for years, and it's never never ended. Yeah, things are going to change, but things have changed anyway. I mean, you must remember back when, when you started your first website or your first successful site, at least it was very different. It was maybe easier in a way, I guess. It was easier to rank. It was the higher, it was higher commissions, especially from Amazon. But yeah, it's definitely not not the end it's just different and i think that most people that are involved in this stuff online whatever that may be they're fairly dynamic and flexible people they can they can pivot they can adjust what they're doing so yeah some of the stuff that we're doing may be different but as long as we can ride with that that's fine i think yeah if you can do youtube you need to think about that yeah, I think that's that's going to be an area that you can still add all the value. And remember, you don't have to show your face or anything like that. You can create content for YouTube in many, many different ways that's interesting, informative, entertaining. So, um, you know, it's just, I think we're all going to have to just up, up our game and make sure that we're better. We're much better than the robots. I got an email from a guy named Tony. Tony, I got a shout out for you, buddy. And he sent me the the Forbes article, actually, that's linked in the description here. And essentially, it says the AI search results could be very problematic for essentially any website that's getting traffic from Google, which I think, you know, things are going to change. We don't know what's going to happen. But he was very nervous. So he's about to get started. Um, he's been studying niche site stuff, SEO for, I don't know, six months, something like that. And he was like, I'm, I'm kind of freaked out. Like, I'm really worried. Is this, is this a bad thing to get into? So Alex, what advice would you give someone who is very interested? Maybe they've, maybe they bought a domain. They're kind of just getting started. They're about to check out your WordPress theme, popcorn, and they're like really enthusiastic. And then all this shit is hitting the fan right now. So what advice do you give them? Or maybe they're about to buy your popcorn theme, you know? Yeah, then you should definitely buy popcorn theme. It'll, it'll come in anyway. You just need to think about how you can make your content as good as it possibly can, how you can possibly deliver more than AI. So that would be, you know, personality and experience and 
and just the way that you write and you put your content together, you know, actually a little plug. I've got a live stream after this one. It's starting at nine o'clock my time, which will be eight o'clock UK time, basically in about an hour's time. And I've got John on from originality.ai. We're going to be testing out his tool to see, you know, if we can detect some AI content. But we all know, I think, good content and bad content just by reading it. We don't need any tools. And generally, I think AI content, it does have a very robotic, methodical kind of structure to it. And I think people want more. They want more of that human touch. They want more of that personality. So I think, you know, you really need to think about how you're going to put that into your content. It probably means that you're going to have to spend more time on your content, more time editing, more time writing, probably going to be able to not be able to outsource as much. Um, yeah, because I think that's the real thing that AI will never be able to touch and talking from one content creator to another, you know, I think people engage with our content on YouTube because our personalities come across and people just kind of like us, which I'm very grateful for. And, um, yeah, and I just, you can't get that from AI. And I think that's really what you've got to try and put across what's inside you. What's your personality, that connection um, that you can make with, with real people that people just can't do with a, with a machine. And I just think, yeah, it just means everyone's got to raise the bar. And this is not the first time it's happened. We, you know, if you think about some of the content maybe you used to publish, and I know I certainly used to publish, it was subpar content. We'd outsource it to cheap writers often overseas. Content would come back. It wouldn't be that great, really. You'd maybe edit it a bit and publish it. And I think, you know, those days are gone. Everyone has got to raise the bar in terms of the content they're putting out. So it probably means less content but it just means making that content so much better than it's been. One of my original writers on one of my most successful websites, he wasn't the best writer, but he had a, he had a funny style of writing and it was kind of borderline inappropriate in some ways. And <laughs> he was like, I don't know, like, is this all right? And I'm like, yeah, man, let, what, whatever, this seems fine. To the point where like, so I got some comments and maybe some emails where people were like, what? what are you talking about? Like this article is a little bit off and you maybe shouldn't have published it. Like stick to the facts because he would kind of go on a tangent. But if, you, if you're watching this, you know that I actually enjoy the tangents. So it was interesting the, the way he threw in his personality into it and it made yeah. it more enjoyable. It wasn't a sterile sort of uh, academic kind of read. It was like someone was writing an email. Maybe you're not, maybe it's not a friend of yours, but someone who, who was actually putting some effort into it. So, well, you mentioned well, a couple of times, yeah. like um, going beyond and do better what AI can do. And you've been like testing with AI. Um, you actually encouraged me a lot over the years to check out AI, which eventually, um, that's what we're talking about, all this stuff right now. <laughs> and, it was inevitable. And the thing is, like, where do you see that going? I mean, there's a lot of products. I, I get an email per day about like promoting a new AI product. It's like something on ChatGPT and another thing. And some of them are better than others, but I don't have time to sort through them all, to be honest with you. But yeah, where do you see that going? Because now we're going to have a flood of content. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? With the AI products, they're just, the, the whole market has become completely flooded and saturated. And I think there's going to be a lot of AI companies that aren't here at the end of the year, for sure. I mean, Jasper was first, and I'm, I've been a big fan of Jasper for some time. But now with ChatGPT, which is good, 
but then also slightly unreliable. And again, you can see patterns within it. But then when you plug in the Chrome extensions into ChatGPT and the other plugins, it then takes it to another level. Uh, then you've got stuff like Koala, which is great for bulk publishing and answering very simple questions or that kind of thing. But then I also think, what is the future of that content anyway? I don't know. I'm, I, I would be slightly worried if I was an investor in, um, in an AI platform right now. I mean, though there are, I think taking maybe they need to just go sideways. So rather than just content creation, I think the way that AI is used, for example, to bring data together and collate data and present data in a cool way. I like that. That's going to save a lot of time. Um, I like the way I've just been looking into scale nut, scale nut, which seems like a really good AI solution. So rather than just writing content, it can also kind of plan your keyword research and it can also present to you the structure of your site give you some silo ideas and then it can help you write it and then it can help you publish it. And it's kind of like an all in one suite. I think, yeah, I think just the pure content creation tools, I think they need to probably up their game and offer something more, especially if, if none of this content is going to be looked at anyway. And that does beg the question in terms of if the AI like Bard and chat GPT are learning from content on the internet that was generated by chat GPT, then we're just going to be lost in this kind of loop of just regurgitating AI content over and over, which people will get fed up with that pretty quick. I think so. Yeah. Cause you end up with a recursive sort of issue. Yeah. And, and each you, time the, the content is not going to get better. It can only get worse, surely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I think, I mean, the subtext of everything we're talking about is like have personality, go outside the written word. Um, you really, I mean, we're both fans of YouTube quite a bit and video. So let's say someone is looking to get started and, or they're just starting and they have an equal interest. No, no one's like this, by the way, but they have an equal interest of writing and content. And then they also like video and they have the personality that is not afraid to produce video and, and get out there and get some, you know, mean comments of making fun of you, uh, you know, like they, like they come in. Um, but yeah, let's say someone has the opportunity and wants to do both. How would you suggest they navigate that? It's, it's pretty difficult to get started in each one. So how, how do you suggest as someone who does both? You just have to start. It's not easy. No, creating videos is not easy. And my, my first videos were terrible. You just have to start and keep doing it and not worry about your first bits of content. They're not going to be very good. They will only get better though incrementally. So, and don't worry too much about polishing it. Um, I was watching a, a YouTuber's video the other day and he creates fantastic videos, but he, he'd actually found that his, you know, quest for perfection was actually causing him to procrastinate because he was always thinking about how am I going to film this? What shots do I need to get? What lens should I use? You know, what color balancing do I need to do? And all this stuff, which was really detracting away from the message, which is what you were trying to deliver some sort of message. So just focus on that. Don't worry too much about the editing or, you know, your camera and all that kind of stuff. Just, just get on with it. And, and same with writing. Start writing and see how it goes. And we'll um, we'll answer some questions from the chat here in a minute. Before we shift into that on that on that point, I mean, I, I have like a, I love camera gear, so I have a couple cameras. I have several lenses. I've acquired them over time. But I was watching. I watch a lot of like van life videos for some reason. I like I like um, I like the story behind it. They usually yeah. have some good personalities and everything, but this uh, this gal, 
she films everything on her phone. And I was, I mean, you could tell when she was moving around, I was like, oh, it's, it's pretty portable. Um, but then she was like, yeah, I film everything on my iPhone. And I was like, holy shit. She has like 600,000 subscribers and she's getting whatever, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of views per video. And you don't need much. You need like good lighting. You need good enough sound and then move forward. You don't need all this stuff. I have lights all around me and it's just a, it's kind of a crutch. I mean, it does help like eventually, but you don't need it to get started. So what, what did you no. start with your first videos, Alex? Yeah, I, I did buy a the DSLR, the one actually before this, but then yeah, I didn't need it. I didn't need it. And my videos look terrible anyway, because I had bad lighting and kind of framed it properly. I had bad audio. I think probably one of the most important things, if you're going to spend money is on a mic, decent mic, either for your iPhone, if you're going to be recording on your iPhone, I've got like a, a Rode, Lavelle, Lavelle, whatever, clip-on thing. Lavalier. Good. Uh, Lavalier. Yeah. And uh, yeah, get the audio right and then move on. I think generally the only people that really appreciate the nice lights and the nice look and effect that you want on your video is the person that created that video. <laughs> when you finish <laughs> the edit and you watch it back, you go, wow, that looks great. But at the end of the day, people are really there for your message. And, and you, you hit the man on the head just a minute ago where if you can package your content up into a story, which is something that I've been trying to do more. People cannot resist a story. That's why we watch films. That's why people binge on, on the you know, Netflix series. You know, if you start by just saying, are you sitting comfortably once upon a time or whatever, you know, I'm going to tell you a, a story. People will engage with that for much longer than just, you know, reeling off some facts or figures. So yeah, I'm trying to kind of storify a lot of my content. I mean, it's hard with just, you know, can you wash a dog with bleach? I thought you could actually tell a story about that guy that once did that. And no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and one thing about your setup there, I appreciate the backlighting. You have like, uh, that's a ghost from Pac-Man. So you got some pink light. Yeah. You it, have some I don't wear the camera. No. Yeah, yeah. Looks good. I appreciate it. So it's it's only other YouTube nerds that give a shit. Otherwise, people yeah. just don't notice and they just... You know, they listen. That's it. Um, yeah. Just quickly, someone said uh, that the live is Tuesday. Yeah, the live is today, but I've also got another live stream tomorrow. I'm treating you. It's going to be free live streams of me this week. So tomorrow, it's a little early. It's six o'clock my time, five o'clock UK time. But that is going to be the affiliate gathering hype stream. If I had a horn sound, I'd play it now. But yeah, we're going to, I'm going to try and invite some people on that are going to affiliate gathering. I don't know. I haven't given them much notice. So we'll see. We're just going to be sharing stories about last year and just getting excited for the event. So yeah, you can still catch me tomorrow, but it's a bit earlier than normal. Because I need to get a bit of month of life. That's there the horn. Go. That's it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have all the same things. I just never play the things here. That's, that's pretty cool. You, I like that. You need to have a stream deck, you know, then you can just have them on buttons. Great. Yeah. That's another thing. Just Next minimal. Week. Minimal. I'll mess it up somehow. So I just, just got a mouse over here and that's it. All right. So let's let's go to the chat here and see what's going on. People ask, I, I marked some stuff here. So this is going back. Some some of this is not uh, essentially relevant now, but we'll talk about it. So Chris, our buddy Chris says, are people clicking the uh, links in the featured snippets? If so, I presume people will click through to AI answers to learn more, verify the info or see related pictures. And I think... I agree with that. So I think um, some people will for certain queries. Alex, do you have a specific take on that? Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was just replying. So what was the question? 
Oh, basically, will people like if people are clicking on featured snippets, then that is a yeah. maybe a, an indicator that they would click on AI results to verify. Hmm. Depends how prominent the links are within the AI results. Mm-hmm. Kind of get the feeling they're going to be more like the uh, the footnote links that you get on a Wikipedia page, and you know, no one ever clicks on them, do they? Right. Right. All right, Gadget Mike says, do you think that video would perform better than the written content? For example, YouTube with content, uh, comparing YouTube with content embedded in the blog post. Yeah. I I don't have any concrete evidence, but from my experience, yeah. Posts and written content with video content, even if it's not your own, if you've embedded a YouTube video, tends to attract more traffic. I don't know why. Jill says this, if you do a search on Bing um, in the chat area, list the sources. So it's kind of like footnotes. And basically, Jill is suggesting that maybe it's a race to be one of the sources listed there, which I think is true. And I think that's that's nice that Bing does give you a reference so you can go uh, check out. And I've seen that on Bard, I think think as well i can't remember but no i think yeah google does give a link to wherever it's got the information from i mean it has to surely yeah okay but whether that will bring any traffic probably not and the the difference seems to be i mean with the bing one not that i've used it much it's down the side but with the google one it's taken over the whole top of the screen yeah and you know the other thing is just knowing how much Google tests things. Like things could be shifting around all the time, so there could be sources in um, a list at the bottom, like a footnote. There could be sources per sentence. There could, I mean, this could change a lot in a short amount of time as they're testing. So it's interesting because some people are like, "Hey, maybe maybe we should do it this way." Someone will figure out how to game the system and like always get that first spot, whatever the most ideal situation is. And then it could change and then like shuffle the deck again. Um, We've seen that a lot with algorithm updates, which, you know, uh, to that point, how have the algorithm updates been treating your sites over the past, I don't know, year? Um, Yeah, up and down. Generally okay. Generally nothing, most sudden changes. Say DartPix seems to be dead. I don't know why, but the other two are, are fine. I'm I'm a little worried about the the rebrand, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. I'll I'll make sure my freer ones are in order and and all the rest of it. So, yeah. But yeah, nothing nothing too scary. And yourself? Yeah, same. I mean, I think most of it comes down to lack of you know continuous publishing. I was just chatting. I just did an interview this morning with someone, and he published 1,200 articles in about 18 months or so. And he sold the site for like four fifty. So if people want to hear that story, be sure you subscribe to my channel. Keep a lookout; it's coming out in a few weeks here. But he was like, I, "I think it's critical to publish like at a high velocity for a long period of time." So for whatever the first month or two, he was publishing like an article per day, and then three per day for over a year. So do you have any insight on on that sort of velocity? I mean, you've been playing with AI more than, than I have. Um, it seems to work. I mean, yeah, with Can You Wash It? I mean, I'm just going to have a quick look now. We've been publishing at a pretty 
pretty fast rate. So I think we're up to nearly hundreds of articles since when. Um, because we've been using AI, so it's it's really right. quick. 282 articles so far. And when was the first one published? Let's have a quick look. While you're looking that up, I'm going to read a comment from our buddy Phil. Yeah. Phil says, uh, nothing's going to change at all. I'm not actively using AI for search. I always revert to Google. And the only risk is the fact that the results are getting manipulated by AI with snippets. So yeah, I mean, there's that aspect too. The only thing, obviously, none of us know what Google is going to do exactly. But if they totally change the results page, then it could get a little weird, right? Because like most people are not as savvy as we all are, especially you, Phil. So like they, they're lazy. They're going to take the, the easy answer and like not even look any farther. Yeah. So yeah, I published since the end of last year. So I think, yeah, we're doing like at least one or two a day on average if you, every day. Okay. I mean, it's not as many as you as your guy, but yeah. I don't know. Some people said that velocity could have a negative effect. I don't believe that. I don't know what effect it has at all, really. But obviously, the more content, the better, yeah. right? Generally. Yeah. You know what? I Someone else asked me that recently, and they were like, yeah, I heard it was bad to publish more than three articles per day. Kind of arbitrary. And I was like, who said that? Like, what data do they have to support it? Yeah. Like, it, it's just an arbitrary idea that someone has. Um, and I don't they, think there's any harm in, in the speed of publishing as long as the, I mean, it's, it all comes down to quality. I guess yeah. the theory or the, the thought behind that is, is if you're publishing a lot of content very quickly, then the quality might not be there maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one other thing, uh, we have a follow-up comment from Phil it says, um, things are going to change, uh, or it'll look different in, you know, one or two or five years. So yeah, things are going to shift for sure. But, um, you know, people will need to do research. And I, like I said, I'm the same way as Phil. I'm not like using AI to get answers to questions like um, it burns when I pee, right? I'm not going to go to AI. I'm going to go to my doctor, right? No, it's just, it's just a joke. <laughs> Most people would go to Google for that and then diagnose themselves with like, you know, bladder cancer or something, wouldn't they? That's just how it works. Yeah. I would never, I don't think you should use the internet for medical advice, regardless of its source. Yeah, it's like everything's cancer and it'll kill you. I think that's yeah. actually it. So, okay, well, one thing we haven't talked about at all, and you mentioned you know, you guys are publishing a lot on uh, the, the cleaning site, and one thing that can set it apart is custom images. And up until recently, that would have been a huge pain in the ass. But have you been playing with MidJourney or any other AI yeah. image generator? And that could be amazing, and it's relatively inexpensive, and it's amazing. Yeah, I like the idea, but I've, I, I do struggle. I don't know whether it's my prompts or whatever. I seem to struggle to get the images that I want. And I know that Google is going to detect these AI images and mark them as AI. So again, I don't know what effect that could have on your site. If you, all your images are AI, Google goes, okay, this, these images are not real. Could also mean that a real image that you actually take with your real camera of a real thing that's unique will have a lot more value. Yeah, like Mid Journey, I like it. I think the for arty, moody kind of stuff, it looks fantastic. But you know, I've just been trying to get pictures of like I don't know some shoes in a dishwasher, and because that's an article we've got. Can you wash 
shoes in a dishwasher, um, which you can actually, interestingly. Um, and it just struggles with that kind of stuff. Um, and like, you know, I wanted a picture of someone doing their washing, their laundry on, on New Year's Eve. Mid Journey did come up with some actually quite nice, quite arty things, but nothing quite right. Um, and I played with a lot of them. I played with the Jasper Art, I played with Dali, and it could just be me because often when I'm doing it live on stream, uh, viewers will send me images that they've generated at the same time, and often theirs are a lot better. So right. <laughs> maybe I'm just not giving it the right prompts, but you know, you can go to like ChatGPT and with like a, a Chrome plugin or just ask ChatGPT for a mid journey prompt and it will. It will improve your prompt generally, but I don't know what's been your experience. Have you got anything nice out? Yeah, but some pretty good stuff. I too have struggled with some of these specifics. If you're looking for something particular, I have a hard time getting it, but if I'm a little more flexible, sometimes I could see what a specific prompt will generate and then kind of tweak it from there where, um, like whatever shoes in a dishwasher, like I would keep it very non-specific at first and then like make it more and more specific and then usually end up with something a little bit better. The other thing <laughs> is you can do you have the pro version where you can do the iterations or do you have the cheaper version? Yeah, on mid journey, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I the pro version. Pro. I don't know if I've you know how to do iterations, but yeah, I definitely have the pro version. I find the whole thing with Discord and that mid journey, I mean, that is just so techy. Yeah, they're not gonna get any average joes on that tool you cannot run a, a software platform through discord <laughs> right. because even me who've got a little bit yeah. of technical background finds that kind of whole thing overwhelming just give us a nice interface which is how jasper and has done so well is because they've packaged up this ai with a nice interface and in fact they have like a prompt improver now built in so you can type in shoes in the dishwasher and click prompt improver and it will make it even better so gotcha. then the output's not as good as mid journeys Right, right. I think we're, yep. we're still not quite there with AI uh, art and images. I think there's an opportunity there for a company to kind of harness all these tools and, and give a nice interface and a way of iterating and just getting better outputs. I think, yeah, there's right. definitely a, a potential. And I think images is definitely a thing that people struggle with, with all their content. But I still think if you go and take your shoes, stick them in the dishwasher, get your phone out, take that picture, that will still do better than anything that AI turns out. Well, and the, the thing is, I should go do that now. Yeah, I know. I was going to say some of them are easy, but let's say you you needed something a little bit different, something that wouldn't be so easy, like supermodel cleaning my shoes in the dishwasher, and then it's like, yeah. well, you don't have a supermodel hanging out to take pictures with you. Yeah. So then she, she just left. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> so right. So in that case, you would need a little help. And I heard, um, I was listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast and I, I can't remember the guest that he had on. Maybe it was um, Kevin Rose. Do you listen to the Tim Ferriss show sometimes? No, I should. No. He's the author guy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It, one of my, like one of my favorite podcasts. So I don't listen to every show nowadays, but like. He's like the four hour work time. week guy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Four hour work week. Yeah. And like, I was going to say all the books right there, that's a whole stack of his books right behind Are you me. a big fan? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> so anyway, he was talking about, um, I think they opened like who, whoever like open sourced a, um, huge amount. Uh, maybe it was, um, it's not mid journey. What's the other, uh, stable diffusion. So I think they, they open sourced it 
So now there's some forks out there. One of them is like unstable diffusion. And he mentioned that, uh, but what do you think people are, are doing if it's completely unlocked? What's your first guess? Porn. Yeah, porn. So he was like, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I haven't looked at it yet, but when he said it, I'm just like, yeah, can you imagine like whatever? 16 yeah well that's like when the deep stuff comes out and all that i mean they've been using ai to do that haven't they and there was a big thing with a lot of the very popular female twitch streamers where they were finding themselves on these porn sites they were all deep fake with ai face replacements and all that kind of stuff so that's just another layer of that which is man really all this technology comes out it's so fantastic and then it just all gets used for porn yeah yeah well send me the link whatever you were talking about that sounds cool but i know i know we uh we got to wrap up here because you have another live stream and, and you need to prepare yeah, the for The one that. thing we didn't talk about, you mentioned, I think you sent it over, was the, or maybe it was Phil, the, the new editor thing that Google have got, the AI, is it a smart editor, I want to say? I don't know. Uh, what yeah. did, I, I don't think I sent it. Tell, tell me about it. I don't know what it is. I thought you, you knew about it. Because um, that also intrigues me with AI, just to end with AI. I think AI is going to be so powerful for things like video editing and that kind of stuff where... You know, for example, we, you can, and there is some tools that already do this, but they don't do it very well. After this stream, you feed the stream into the AI. It goes through and it finds all the really interesting bits when we're having a real good conversation and it edits it out. It adds the, the captions, you know, makes it into some shorts or whatever and all that kind of stuff. I, I think that's really exciting. That would be amazing. That's one of the things that I actually, you know, have my VA help out with a lot of that stuff. Um, I mean, I, I don't mind doing some work occasionally, but we like you and I produce so much video and it's like, there's some good stuff in there, but like, I don't really want to go through and re-edit it. Yeah, you got to find it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if that's the case, that would be absolutely amazing. And I use, um, Descript and that's really good. Yeah, to I've, sort I've been through. Using, I did use your affiliate link. I don't know if you've got a commission Sweet. on that. Yeah. I've been Thank using you. it. I love it just for adding captions and also the way you can edit by editing the text. That that is so cool. It it saves a huge amount of time. So I'm going to hit a couple questions here. Phil says, is publishing velocity something you worry about? So me personally, I don't worry about many things, but I think if you published a lot and you have a high velocity, it's a good thing. So Alex, is that something that you think about? Maybe specifically? No. No? More more the 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 better. Fast as we can. As As long as the quality's there. Very nice. And there are a couple other good questions in here, I think, but here's, here's the thing. We got to, we got to wrap it up. Alex and I could talk forever. Please check out his stream later. Um, Alex, where can people find you? What's, what's your deal out there? Uh, yeah, my channel is WP Eagle. WP stands for WordPress. We're going to be going live in about half an hour. So I've got John on from originality.ai and someone else that I met down in uh, San Diego at the event with uh, Doug. And he's, his tool is an AI detection and plagiarism uh, detector. So we're going to, I'm going to be creating some AI content on the fly live and we're going to be running it through. But then ultimately I'm just going to ask John, why do we need AI detection software? Right. Do we need AI detection software, Doug? I, I think there's a couple of use cases. So generally Google has said we're okay with AI content. So that changes everything. Okay, so that would be because, one use that you, you're worried yeah. that Google's going to somehow detect and penalize your content. Yeah. Right. So you want to check to see if it's detectable. Yeah. 
But I think that is irrelevant now. So in the past, Google did care about that and they yeah. would say, we don't want spammy content, but they've published um, very specifically. They said, as long as it's useful, we don't care where it came from. So yeah. the other thing is like, if you're hiring writers and they're supposed yeah. to be right, this is probably the most valuable use case. So you're paying people money to write things and then it looks like AI. Now, the thing is, and, and uh, John's a friend of mine, I actually interviewed him a while back. Originality.ai is great, but the thing is, like, it's not 100%. So I have put in some of my own work, sometimes a transcript from a YouTube video, and there, it's highly um, correlated with AI. And it was literally worth so spoken that was a from writer, my mouth. You go back and go, what the hell are you doing? You're selling me AI content. Exactly. So, and John will sort sort through it. And the thing is, it's um, it's machine learning, it's AI, throw in more buzzwords, but it's actually improving. And sometimes there's like a, some leaps and bounds where like all of a sudden it does a much better job. And when I interviewed John, he said, you know, like behind the scenes, like I'm not, I'm not really sure. Like it's, it's training on X data and it's getting better, but I don't know what it's doing. And I was like, come on, man. Like, that doesn't even make sense. However, I've listened to a lot of experts with AI on very big podcasts, and uh, that is kind of what I'm hearing. It's like they've trained the AI to keep learning, and it's getting better. And they're like, "We don't kind, we don't really know what it's doing underneath the hood." So, yeah. have you heard that's, that kind that's of stuff? Scary when they talk about they don't know what it's doing. Yeah, that's how that's how the uh, the Terminators rose up, isn't it? Yeah, that documentary Terminator, yes. Terminator Two. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a documentary, right? Yeah. I think it could be. I actually watched it a few weeks ago with my son. It's a fantastic movie. Um, yeah. But I think the one thing is when you get content back from writers, if you are still using writers, you read it and then you know if it's good or not. And if it's good, then it's fine. A bit like what Google say about content in general. If it's good, it's fine. I mean, that should be the only check you need. So it's going to be an interesting stream talking to John because. I've done videos before on AI detectors and how inaccurate they are and whether there is even a use case for them. So I don't want to knock John, but it's going to be, we're going to have a good discussion. Yeah. And I'm sure awesome. he's going to be on the, obviously on the supporting as to why we do need these tools. Yeah. The other big thing that it does, which John will talk about, is it um, does plagiarism checking. So yeah. that's very useful. That's that is useful. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay. Cool, Alex. Well, thanks a lot. And there's links to all your stuff um, in the title, in the description. People can Google you. You have an email list, right? So people should sign up for the email list, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. We'll talk Phil to you soon, to, man. Uh, one for an oh. Arnie impression before I go. Do you have, can you do an Arnie impression? No, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Get to the Jaffa. No. Fantastic. No, I, oh. I, I need to work. <laughs> oh, no, I, I can't. I, I, I was like, really? <laughs> Who is that? What's Arnie? I thought I was like, oh, it's like some British comedian that I don't know. Arnold. Okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I'm such, such a moron. I'm like, ah, oh, it must yeah. be a cultural thing. It sounds like maybe a new AI, AI tool. Oh, yeah. When, when Gastro did their rebranding, they should have gone for Arnie. <laughs> and then you could like capitalize the A and the I in it. Oh, that's, that's good. You should start. Um, maybe yeah. I'll do my own AI tool yeah. and call it Arnie. Arnie.ai. Arnie yeah, yeah. Someone get that before. Um, before I'm registering it right now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And I think that's it, Alex. We'll we'll talk again soon. This was pretty fun, man. Yeah. Good. Cheers. See you later.
Thanks to Alex. And be sure to check out WP Eagle. And let me know what you think of these kind of rebroadcast shows. I know the chat is a little hard to uh, manage, you know, live, but depending on how the, you know, the interview portion of the show goes, you know, it's really just, you know, me and my friends catching up most of the time. So I'm one to repurpose content and make sure it's sufficient. But the other thing is the time that I'm recording this anyway, I lost my voice for a few days and, you know, weird thing here in, um, well, in many places all over the world, but here in the U.S., um, there's like wildfires occasionally and there, there's no fires around here. Luckily, it's been super rainy here in Colorado, but I guess there were uh, some Canadian wildfires. The smoke blew down here like hundreds of miles away, like to the south, blew down here, gave me a little bit of a like sinus issue. And then I caught a cold and I went out to a couple like social settings, I mean, nothing like a conference or anything, but you know, you're chatting in a louder room or a restaurant, even just a restaurant. Anyway, really trashes my voice. So that along with the smoke for about a week ended up giving me a cold. I started to lose my voice and then it was coming back. And then I went out and actually uh, went mountain biking with a friend. So it was kind of in the smoke a little bit. And then I talked quite a bit that day. And then I lost my voice completely. I was driving my wife crazy because I just had to whisper for a couple of days, which for some reason just really irritated her. And uh, I wasn't able to record for a little. I had to cancel uh, multiple interviews. And if you're a very dedicated listener, viewer over on YouTube, you know that I tried to do a live stream and had to do about 30 minutes because I coughed for about 15 minutes of it. So anyway, repurposing the content, uh, specifically like a live stream like this, it's a little bit helpful because then if I do have an issue with my voice, then I can, uh, talk for a few minutes and then roll one of these. So anyway, let me know what you think. I, uh, I won't always do it, but if I have a guest on, usually I can have a nice conversation and it makes for a good, uh, good podcast out there. So, all right. Thanks a lot. That's all for today. And we'll uh, catch you on the next episode. 